Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. I was reading in the Irish Independent about a shop in Limerick that's losing €250,000. Imagine, a year through shoplifting and break-ins. Um, the Gleeson family have five shops in Limerick City but becoming increasingly concerned by shoplifting gangs often using electric bikes. And Michael Gleeson um, is with us. Michael owns the Gleeson Spa in Henry Street in Limerick. I mean, Michael, €250,000 a year through shoplifting and break-ins. It's an incredible amount of money. It is. It's, it's frightening to just hear it there. It's about €50,000 on average per store. And this is not just a, like it's not a Limerick problem. It's a, it's an Irish national state problem. It's up and down the country. You know, you go to Wicklow, go to Wexford, go to Cork, Dublin, and shops every place are being um, ravaged. I suppose the word by these gangs and youths and people stealing and claims and all kinds of things. It's just getting very difficult. It's is it orchestrated? I mean, the the idea around the use of electric bikes to aid and assist in this? It's electric bikes, scooters, and then just the gangs in general running. They, they've no fear. There is no fear of going to jail. There is no fear of of being punished. Most of them are underage. Trying to get them picked up is extremely difficult. The Gardaí have literally been banned from doing hard stops on them in case, oh my God, God forbid the criminal would be hurt while being apprehended. You know, that needs to change. The UK changed the law recently and hard stops are now allowed again. Um, Just explain what you mean by that, Michael, to listeners. So you have a guy on a motorbike with no registration, no plates or anything like that, and the guard sees him, puts on the the blue lights and he tears off. They're not allowed to bring that person to a halt in a physical manner. They have to just hope that he pulls in and gets off the bike and surrenders himself. In the UK, the police are now allowed to use their vehicle to bring that chase to a climax and bring them to the ground, basically. We need that brought in. But sure, we have guards that aren't even allowed to drive the guard the car. Well, you've that as well, but most guardy I meet every day are going out there doing their best for us, doing a job that nobody else wants to do, and they're not getting backed by our government and more by our legislation. And our, the legal profession seem to attack them at every chance that they get. The guards need to be supported better. Are you seriously considering employing security staff with um, stab-proof vests and body cameras now, Michael? Protective gear. We, we, we visited Dublin there and we went to a lot of the stores in Dublin that have got guys on the doors. Um, security men with you know boots, protective gear, elbow pads, the whole lot. And yes, it is looking like that will be coming. What's the reaction from, you know, from your, your, your staff, your workers? Trying to make them feel safe and give them a safe yeah. place to work is the biggest thing countrywide. Um, everybody in the retail business, um, from the larger stores to smaller stores, is finding it very hard to retain staff. A lot of staff are being abused morning, noon and night. Um, there seems to be this empowerment amongst the public to go in, uh, you know, elements of, elements of the public to shout, roar, pull up cameras and stick them in people's face as a form of intimidation. And hopefully that will be outlawed, the use of a, a mobile phone as intimidation, you know, one of the days, please God. What's the cost to you and uh, and the, uh, the the store network, Michael? I mean, if you were to bring in, like, full-time security guards from from the morning, you know, when you put the shutters yeah. up to night time, it's a serious yeah, cost in it, the business. You, you, it's 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 nearly more than the cost at the moment. 
um, that you would say fifty thousand euros per store is an average, taken on turnover. So you you know the cost of the security staff would be in and around the same price, but you know the sense of of um, safety that it would give to staff, you know, would be a huge achievement in itself. But it's trying to get the legislation changed to allow these criminals be put away, to allow you know to stop the gangs from roaming the streets, to to give juveniles like so somebody said to me one day if a juvenile does the crime, well then the parent should pay the fine or do the time, you know because. You know, they all come from a family and they're all let out. So who's responsible at the end of the day? Is it our state or is it ourselves? So hold the parents liable yes, yes, for yes. the child's crime? Yes. I don't think we need to look far to find out, you know, where, 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 where these guys come from. Everybody knows them and everybody knows where they've come from. So why not hold, hold the parents responsible if they're underage? Mm. Can I imagine the reaction to that, Michael? Well, I'm responsible for my children. If my child does something, I put my hand up. You know, I think the vast majority of people listening to you would be responsible for their kids. Mm. You know, why not? You know, why not? Well, well, I'd love to hear from listeners actually about this today. Just even from chatting to Michael here. I mean, like, should parents do the time or pay the fine if their kids? Um, well, even in cases where we're talking about, we'll say, repeat offenders. Mm. Um, I want to hear the view of people on this today about that. You can send in a message for free, WhatsApp 87 106. Michael, stay on the line because I, I know it's not just a uniquely, it's not a Limerick issue. As you mentioned, it's a, a problem, I suppose, a nationwide problem. Finbar Filan is a centre owner in Sligo as well. Finbar, is this something you've come across? Yes, we've come across, but thankfully not to the same level as the Gleasons have seen it. But all small convenience stores or general or convenience stores do see a level of shoplifting. And um, it is quite concerning because it affects your bottom line and it makes it more difficult to make your business sustainable. And it's something we could really do without. How common is it or how frequent, Finbar, in your own case? On a daily basis. Um, at a small level on a daily basis. Um, there's two types of shoplifters. There's a shoplifter who's a professional shoplifter who's coming for a specific job or task. And then we find there's the people who are shoplifting to see the habit or have, have issues that they needed help with. And um, it, it's either or where we're facing every day. Is there a financial, I presume there is, is a financial, I mean, cost to this on, on you and the business? Oh, there is, yeah, because when something walks out the door and isn't paid for, it's a cost. Um, and it hits your bottom line straight away. How do you deal with it? Um, well, you, you try and catch them. Uh, and in that, even doing that, you have to be extremely careful because it's a huge issue if you accuse someone in the wrong. So you have to be very, very careful of what you do. Um, when you do get someone, we, we always report to the guards. And we have a policy of that. And I, I would... Um, advise all shops owners or business owners to, to report to the guards um, because the guards are the only people who can really help us address the situation and try and get the people prosecuted for what they're doing. But you have to be extremely careful because you can't accuse someone in the wrong. And, and you have to take time to build up your, your evidence that you're sure what they're doing. Are we talking about, you know, are they regular faces? Uh, in, in my shop... Some of them would be. Some of them, as I said, the two types, the professional guys that are touring the country, 
we will hear they've come to town, they'll hit a number of pharmacies or they'll hit a number of high-value shops and they're gone again. Uh, and then you have the regulars in your town and it's no different in Sligo than in Limerick mm. or any town around the country. There, there will be regulars in, in the town. And that's what we find as business owners um, very hard to take. You, regularly you will see in regional papers throughout the country where someone is at their 50th, 60th, 70th offence and, and they're back out. Um, we would like to see a stronger deterrent for those. Um, we would like to see ASBOs being used so that the people are, are not being put into jail for petty crime, but they are being barred for coming to our town centres and into our shops. So what is the situation, Finbar? We'll say, for instance, you know, uh, I, I've, you've caught me shoplifting, you've reported me through the guards, we've gone through the process, um, I've, uh, you know, avoided jail, haven't done any time for it, got a warning. Can you then ultimately bar me from the shop? Yes, yeah. All shop owners, business owners have the right to bar. Uh, and again, that's something we do on a regular basis. And that's where we see how it actually has an effect because, once you bar them, they're barred from all services in our in our store. So you know our store. We have a deli and we sell cigarettes and general convenience. Mm. So if they're used, if they come in to rob alcohol and we bar them, they lose all the other services in their shop. Uh, and that's why I believe we should look at the ASPO situation because it prevents them from having the opportunity to be in the town centre to do what they're doing. So just how would that work? Just explain that. Um, it has to be taken through with the guards uh, and, and through the courts. Uh, and that they're actually given a, an antisocial behaviour order, which bars them from entering a premises or an area for a given period of time. And why is that not in place, or what's the argument against it? I don't know, Andrea. Um, it's like everything else. It, it takes time. Um, I, I have huge sympathy for, for the guards, because I know that the guards in Sligo work really, really hard with us. But like everything else, they're stretched, uh, like all public services. And shoplifting, unfortunately, is at the bottom of the pile of some of their concerns. Um, and that's why it's difficult for them to give the time to it that it needs. But it is something that we do need to start looking at um, because it is affecting businesses all over the country. Mm. Is there, do you feel supported, Finbar? Like, I mean... Personally, I do. Um, do you? Okay, good. We, we have a great working relationship with our local guards. And most shop owners will have a good working relation with the guards. And we understand their constraints. It's the frustration when it actually gets to the courts, not just for us, but also for the guards who have put in a tremendous amount of time and then someone gets a warning or a rap on the knuckles or they get two days in jail and they don't go and do it. Um, so I, I, I think that's where the issue is. And I think putting people into jail... Um, for tri- for I'm not going to say trivial, but for for shoplifting or low level shoplifting, um, again, it is a waste of resources, and that's why I personally think we should be looking at the Aswa situation, which prevents them from being in, in the town centre. Yeah, so I know it's, and it's a, the ASBO thing I think is something that a lot of people um, have fairly mixed views on this. Michael, do you feel supported overall? Um, supported again, just like Sligo supported magnificently by the guards they follow up every single call they generally catch every single person but very very let down by the state and by the court system I think the ASBO I'm just trying to remember there I think there's been one used in the last year 
or two years in Limerick. One. Um, now there is an issue with the ASBOS. It just does this is the, the anti-social behaviour behavior order, order yeah, isn't that yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. It, it moved that particular problem on someplace else. Um, but you know, our cities and towns should be safe places for people to go. If you walk into Dublin City at night or Cork City at night or Galway City at night, there's there's times when you feel unsafe nowadays. That usn't be the case. You know, we 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 do need to crack down a lot on this. The point as well, I suppose it's worth asking um, people today, like what are attitudes like towards retail workers? Because a lot of the texts coming in, um, you know, today are people just talking about a disregard, disrespectful attitude towards towards retail, uh, retail staff, shop workers. And that's certainly I can come to some of those messages. But is that your experience, Michael? An element of society. It's the way I'd put it. Okay. The vast majority of people that come in my door are friendly, love and, you know, lovely people, chatty, having crack with everyone, you know, the way you'd like to mm. be. Uh, but you have an element who feel the law does not apply to them and that they can treat everybody differently and treat them. They've, they've been empowered. You know, the first thing you hear is, oh, I get my solicitor. You know, I, I'll talk to my solicitor about you. They, they start arguments. Like, have you ever heard a shop worker start an argument with somebody in your life? Their job is to sell. Their job is to make you feel better that you've come, you know. And and, and this element, they've, they've just a different view on life to the rest of us. And it's very difficult okay. for staff. I worked in retail for 10 years but had to leave because a huge proportion of the general public were unbearable, says this texter. The everyday rudeness you come up against just makes the job so miserable. Another listener says, why wouldn't these youths act like this? There's no deterrent. Fully agree with the shopkeeper. Punish the parents. It'll make them more responsible. Leanne has got in touch and says, I was a waitress for a number of years and thankfully never experienced anything too severe. But people treat you like you're beneath them. They talk down to you. They snap at you. I left it because I found it was getting worse and people feel so more entitled. Uh, this listener says the guards don't have time to deal with this low level stuff and if they did concentrate on that people will complain that the other things are being missed. Let the shopkeepers themselves deal with it. Another texter says barring people from town centres how would you enforce this? It's discrimination. These people may be committing petty crime uh, out of necessity. Yeah but there's nothing petty about what Michael Gleeson just said. €50,000 a shop per year. 250,000 euro lost in shoplifting and break-ins. Like, I just, uh, I just think that is pretty incredible. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. We're talking about the impact of shoplifting and break-ins on convenience. Uh, local shops around the country, we heard from Michael Gleeson in Limerick there, losing 250,000 euro a year, he reckons through shoplifting. I just find that. It's an incredible amount of money. €250,000. And we heard from Finbar Filan there in Sligo as well about the, the impact on his store. But, I mean, one of the points that Michael ma- raised and he said, like, if, if, if um, the parents should basically be held liable if, they're, if their children uh, are caught repeatedly offending like this. Um, he suggested that parents should effectively do the time or pay the fine if their kids are, are repeat offenders. And I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts on all of this today. Shay has got in touch with us. Shay, do, like, do you think we're doing enough to support retail workers and businesses? No, I certainly don't think we're doing enough. I mean, my main point when I uh, sent in the text was uh, in relation to the number of previous convictions people will have. And uh, there just seems to be no end to it as to whether it's 100 or 150 or whatever. 
Uh, and I think we should realistically look at this in some way, whereas if somebody has a certain amount of previous convictions, they will automatically get uh, some sort of a minimum sentence. And uh, there is no deterrent otherwise. You know, um, the Gardaí have a, a tough job as it is, and they're frustrated. They bring people to court and they see them the next day walking the streets. It's, 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 it's an absolute joke. The idea of the holding the parents liable, what's your view on that? Well, I, I really haven't thought much about it, to be quite honest. But certainly uh, in some cases, um, I would think that, uh, yes, there should be some sort of a, a, a penalty, whether it be a fine on the parents or whatever. Uh, if they're if they're persistent, uh, you know, abusers and users, and uh, the whole system needs to, a complete overhaul, you know, from top to bottom. Uh, I mean, our judiciary are, you know, I think they're totally divorced from reality. They they're not victims of crime per se that I would be aware of. I don't think there's many of them have had to put up with any of the, the abuse that uh, I mean the guardy have to put up with on a regular basis. So and at that point, I, I'm not too sure on, you know. OK, but I suppose we're, we're talking about the attitudes and um, what attitudes are like towards retail workers. And we've had quite a number of texts in and, and stories in from people just in general talking about the, I suppose the lack of respect is probably the word I'd use. But is it something you've experienced? No, I, well, I'm not in that business, so I would never have experienced it. But I do see it from time to time. You know, people go into stores and they, you know, you, you have to be, the staff have to be so, so careful as to not, you know, point the finger or do the wrong thing because next thing you'll see that there's some sort of a suit, a lawsuit being brought against them. And <laughs> apart from the shoplifting, they're even going to be cut for more money to uh, because they, they jump yeah, on every opportunity to, yeah, they can. I know, accusing somebody in the, in the wrong, absolutely. And Ma- yes. Michael well, that's, mentioned that's that idea. yeah, a little, little earlier happen. as well. Uh, Deirdre is joining us too, Shay. Um, Deirdre, you were listening to the, the discussion there with Michael Gleeson and, and Finbar Filan. What's your view? Well, I only just dro- dro- dropped in towards the end of it, but I, I, what I heard was about the, the notion of... Um, uh, holding parents accountable or putting them mm. in prison, those sorts of things, um, which I just find so disturbing because, you know, there's an assumption that, uh, you know, if there are young people behaving like this, that their parents are just letting them do it. And that's not always the case. You know, like there are plenty of parents who who, who have, you know, their young children or young adults that are, uh, you know, beha- there are serious behavioural problems or addiction things that, they cannot control, and they, they cannot, um, and you know, and and for for some of them, they can be dealing with very horrific problems that you know impact their home life as well, and other children in the family. So these ideas that a parent should be put in prison for the crimes of their children, you know, what happens to the other children in the family? What happens to the fam? fam you know, so you know. It's about family support. Yeah. And well, support I think it was kind of said as do the time if you commit the crime sort of the line. But I think what Michael Moore meant was that I suppose there there would nearly be a fine issued to the parents rather than necessarily serving custodial time. I mean, if you have people that are, are you know, really struggling financially and are getting fines, that's not helpful for the family. It's not helpful for the, you know, the family to try and support their their children or their other children. You know, it, you know, so it's community support, support, it's group support, it's, you know, 
wraparound care rather than punishment, I mm. think, is, is more important. Phone th- use with young children is, you know, you know, you know, a lot of that behaviour is is fueled with, yeah. you know, kind of the way they're using their phones, and that's another issue that I, they needs to be addressed into that, you know. Yeah, I, I, well, we're talking about this today because I suppose effectively the point Michael Leeson was mentioning earlier was that you know he was considering employing security staff with stamp-proof vests and body cameras or some sort of um, se- security, you know, equipment or or, or that, um, and it was mentioned during the discussion around anti the, these um, asbos. And their anti-social behaviour orders uh, and whether or not they might work as a deterrent. Mm-hmm. Do you think there I, there's a place for them? Or should they be well, used more? Well, I don't more? know enough about the statistics on, on whether the, how they work or wh- whether they, they actually do do work. Um, uh, you know, the, the, obviously if there's kind of, re- re- for particular people, you know, if there is repeat problems and repeat occurrences, you know, and they're they're not changing, you know. Maybe those those are are the right path to to go. Um, you know what what what's the next step with them though is is you know I don't know. Yeah, your, con- your consideration. Well, Thomas texts in and says if they're underage, I think the parents are responsible. The asbos don't work; uh, they need to be punished. Says Tom. Jack says, well, the Gardaí, by and large, are doing their jobs as well as they can. The country is poorly served by the judiciary. We regularly see major crimes receive light sentences or probation and minor crimes are often treated as little more than a joke. Many judges perceive their role as that of a social worker rather than that as the officers of the court, says Jack in Terenure. This listener says, um, it's the public intimidating staff that's causing issues, retaining retail workers. Nothing to do with poor wages, zero hour contracts and general poor treatment by employers. We're asking what our attitudes like towards retail workers in this country. Dan is on the line. Dan, why did you get in touch? Well, I worked back in the early 70s and 80s and uh, in retail. And it was just as bad back then. I mean, in, in stores we had um, security guards in uniform, but we also had plainclothes detectives. And the plainclothes detectives would follow the person that was taking stuff and kept you had to keep your eye on the product and the person at all times until they left the store. But we found I well not I found personally mm. I arrest I arrested parents, their children, their grandparents, all from the same family over the years. And at one time here I'm could be mistaken in this, but at one time here, parents were responsible in law for their children. And unless that law has been repealed, or like a lot of laws in this country, just not enforced anymore. But uh, responsible for them, but but not that they'd have to uh, pay, you know, a fine if they. Oh yes, yeah. If you if you had a child years ago and he threw a brick through a window, your your parents. Paid for. Do you think that's the, like the, this thing around the the ASBO or ASBOs, whatever they're called, anti-social behaviour orders um, that have been mentioned on the show today? Like, do, do you think they're a good idea? No, absolutely not. No. They're a waste, waste of time. Really? Okay. Yeah, they were they were a waste of time in England. Um, some kids, you, what they did was to see how many ASBOs they could earn. It was nearly like a badge of honour. Yes became a badge of honour. Right? <clears throat> mm. 
Okay, because it's, it's a fairly mixed it, reaction to it, but there's sort of a um, an anti-social behaviour order that I it think is, it's a district it's, court. Can. It has always been anti-social. It has always been anti-social. I remember back in the late 70s, early 80s, where we would have to leave the shop um, in the evening, a bunch of us together, because they'd be waiting for us outside because we'd be after arresting a son or a daughter or whatever it is to give us a hammering. So it's 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 not that it's any worse. You think it's it's much the same as it was thirty much, years ago. Yeah, it's much the same as it was. Okay, much, but but what's happening now is we've got Facebook and we've got everything else, and people are hearing an awful lot more about it. Do you agree with that, Mark? We're just hearing more about it. It's actually no worse than it was in the seventies and eighties. Is Mark there? Have we got Mark? Can you hear me all right, Mark? No, we'll try and maybe reconnect uh, with Mark there in a moment. Uh, 1800 453 that's the number if you want to get in touch with us about this today. Uh, this listener says definitely the parents or guardians should be held responsible. I think it might make them a little bit more aware of where their teenagers are, says this texter. Mark, what's your view on this? Yeah, I'm just uh, listening to what's been said there and uh, like I'm coming from a background in retail and I would have managed um, a store in a fairly affluent area. And, I mean, there's a lot of talk here about kids, their parents letting them and everything else. But, you know, what I would have experienced over a number of years is um, a lot of adults were, were, were stealing in the store as well, shoplifting. And a lot of the time, these people had plenty of money. Um, and they were doing it for all different reasons. Uh, caught a number of different people over the years um, from... I've got an author on time, uh, a local bank manager, um, and just taking things because they felt it was okay to do it. Mm. So it goes above, like it, it can be it can be anyone basically in in society. Pretty much, yeah, pretty yeah. much. And a lot of the time, uh, when you when we if we did catch someone and uh, we were sure they were doing it, a lot of times we would actually leave them off the first couple of times, make sure we were a hundred percent that they were actually stealing in the store. And then we'd we'd actually watch them again, and that's the day we decided we'd rather take them today. Um, and we'd receive nothing but abuse. Absolutely, they would go through the staff. Uh, we'd always make sure we had our procedures right and in place. So mm. if, it, if it was a female that we had a, a girl with us, we'd take them up and we'd wait for the guards to come. But we would absolutely be abused from the high heavens by the person who was clearly shoplifting. And these are people, you know. It's it's it, you would get kids, and you'd get you'd get other, other other kind of age groups. But I'm talking a lot of times. You know, there's fingers being pointed at kids here, but a lot of adults are are, are robbing as well. Do Do you feel like attitudes towards um you know those in retail markets has that got worse, or what's that like? It certainly has. I think they're you know they're looked upon as someone who you know they're doing a you know low average job kind of thing and not a lot of respect given to them I mean I always kind of look at it if if you're a cashier in a, and I know banks have changed over the years but if you were a cashier in a bank you, you know you'd be perceived as someone that would be of a cashier in, in a supermarket and the cashier in a supermarket is probably dealing with more frequent transactions okay they might be to the level but they're, they're having to do probably an awful lot more work and I think the, the same respect wouldn't be given to someone who um who was working as, say, a cashier in in, in a supermarket. Leave myself, I was a store manager, and um, I 
you, you often say be at a, a wedding or something like that and you might be in a table where someone people don't know you and you know eventually get talk gets round to your 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 job or whatever your your career mm. and if you when you said you were a, a store manager in a supermarket you would never look down upon and like it's a well paid job mm. um, you know it's it's definitely it's, it's a good career but I think um, certainly uh, they're there for the taking basically uh, people people in stores not all but you get loads of lovely customers don't get me wrong but it, it is you know they 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 receive an awful lot of abuse uh, all across the store. Um, yeah. It's almost you know you're there just to to look after the person that's in there, and it doesn't matter what they what you, you know, whatever they say. Yeah, which it, is not really fair. No, and a lot of lot of reaction actually still coming in on this as well. Uh, Teresa's joining us too, Mark. Teresa, do you think retail workers should wear body cameras? Um, do you know it's it's so frustrating to to listen to your conversation today. A couple of points. Um, the lady there who said that not to hold the parents responsible. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that's the problem with a lot of what's going on in society. Parents need to step up and they need to take responsibility for their kids' actions and reactions. And if the support is not there for any retailer or any business owner that they know that there's not going to be anything held responsible. I mean, they're at nothing. I mean, you're talking about security guards. You're talking about young kids, adolescents that really need to be taken in hand by their parents. Okay. So you, the, the idea of sort of, in whatever way, I mean, I don't necessarily think that the it's, it's it would be meant that parents would have to serve time. But I mean, the idea of no, being responsible yeah, or I mean, fine I'm or something. I'm not talking about serving time. I had a situation where I have three kids. One of them went on a school trip. While they were on the school trip, um, there were these sports jerseys. Every one of the kids came home with a sports jersey. I couldn't believe that my child had come home with a sports jersey because he didn't have the money. When I questioned him on it, he told me exactly what happened. Everybody was doing it. I got him and the sports jersey into the car and I went and I handed it back to the retailer and apologised. Did you, Tracy? And made him apologise because I was disgusted, I was embarrassed. And I have to say, I think it changed the child's outlook on things just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do Mm. and if I was to accept and not do anything about it I don't know what lesson that child would have learned and thankfully to my best of my knowledge um, it hasn't happened since but I would not let him keep it I was disgusted we hadn't. He hadn't got the money to to buy. To the buy it, you I, knew that, yeah. So you I, just and I knew that, and I couldn't in. afford it. I'm a single parent, but it's not the right thing to do. So, as that guy, I think it was the Mr. Gleason. That yeah. guy said, "I will put up my hand if my kids do something. I will take it in hand, and I okay. will make it right to the best of my ability." Yeah. It was interesting because Deirdre, who was with us, I don't know if Deirdre was still there. Deirdre was making the point earlier that you know it's 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 nearly not right to to put that onus, I suppose, on the parents, or particularly where there might be a fine that you need other services and supports there for people. But in your case, Teresa, and you're you're sharing this story, you say yourself as a you know as a single mom, like you you were you were going to take it in hand and deal with it. The point about it is, though, I think there's. 
there's a thinking in society that you cannot, you, you pass the book. Everybody's passing the book. I mean, it has to stop somewhere. You have to take responsibility for whatever goes on in your house and goes on with your kids, regardless or whether it's, it's shoplifting or rudeness or whatever. It's just unacceptable behaviour. Mm. I have to say, I, I really appreciate, Tracy, you, you getting in touch and sharing that story today because, there, you know, there, there's many wouldn't. Um, so I, I do appreciate you calling in there and and sharing that story. Um, but as you say, it never, it, to the best of your knowledge, it hasn't happened since that anyway. And to, to the best of my knowledge, yeah, and yeah. I'd hope not, because no. I think it, it opened a different way of thinking about things mm. and what belongs to people and what you have a right to and what you don't have a right to. Yeah. No, well, fair, fair play to you for sharing that story, I, I think, today, because there's I've no doubt there's many, many wouldn't, but it's important, I think, a, an interesting perspective, certainly, to, to hear Teresa there. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.